Entrepreneur on Fire, 896. Who you associate with, who you marry, who you partner with, who you live with, who you hire, those decisions magnify over time. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Visit freepodcastcourse.com and prepare to ignite. Hiring? With ZipRecruiter, you can post to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, all with a single click. Post a free job at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Make a lasting first impression with unique business cards from Moo.com. Moo's range of top-notch paper and exclusive design templates make it easy. For extra wow, try Printfinity. Print a different image on every card. Stand out with Moo.com. Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Rick Sapio. Rick, are you prepared to ignite? I am prepared. Are you prepared? Yes. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Rick is the CEO of Mutual Capital Alliance, Inc., an investment holding company founded in March of 94. The company's holdings include investments in financial service companies, medical device technologies, healthcare, and distressed debt real estate. Rick, given Fire Nation just a little insight, so share more about you personally and expand upon your biz. I find that most entrepreneurs like me started at the bottom, bottom and went through a really rough time when they were kids. And I became an entrepreneur really uh, being the seventh of nine kids. And when I was 11, my dad came home for dinner and announced to the family that he had gone bankrupt and was given six weeks to live. He found out that he had cancer. Uh, It was the roughest day of his life. In, In any case, he ended up living two years. And during those two years, he taught all of his nine kids how to be self-sufficient, how to take care of themselves, and how to be independent, because he knew that obviously my mother couldn't handle it. So after he died, we basically were entrepreneurs. I did everything from opening a bicycle shop to selling cars to fixing cars to uh, delivering the New York Daily News seven days a week, rain or shine. I had to get up at 5.15 a.m. for two years doing that. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because my, entre- my entrepreneurship was born the day my dad died. And I can't even imagine today my kids, I have four children, them not having a dad. Um, and the worst part of the story is my mother couldn't handle it and she uh, had a nervous breakdown and she was put into a mental institution. So I went from, uh, you know, nine kids, parents at home, family dinners every night to no parents. And ironically... All of us have thrived. We have all thrived, and that's the God's honest truth. Why did we thrive? Because we can handle anything. Anything. So, you know, it's, it's funny how parents today, they want a soft pillow under their children, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> that's kind of fascinating, and you know what it brings up for me, Rick, right away is an amazing book called Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. Have you read that book? I have not read it. Thanks for recommending it. I've seen it. Highly recommended. I mean, you're just, you're going to agree with it so much, but basically it talks just about how anti-fragile people become when they get put into these incredibly difficult situations at a very young age. And he actually follows um, one specific culture and how they are just 
exceptionally successful to almost a person because of this incredibly difficult time they all went through as a tribe, essentially, and they became anti-fragile. And that's you, Rick. I mean, you are anti-fragile. The rest of your eight other siblings, I mean, to be successful, every one of them, I mean, that is anti-fragile to a T. So I think that'd be a really interesting theme to kind of keep coming back to as we work forward because Fire Nation, we need to be thinking ourselves, how can we become anti-fragile? And I know for me, I was anything but anti-fragile going into the U.S. Army, uh, but that experience definitely made me a little more anti-fragile than I did when I initially went in, which helped in a lot of ways. But Rick, I want to shift now and I want to have you talk to us, Fire Nation, about what you would consider your worst entrepreneurial moment. Really tell us that story. Take us there. Yeah, so I was a partner in a firm in New York City, and I was selling distressed bonds. I was in my 20s. I was very successful monetarily, and I owned a piece of the partnership. In fact, I was the highest producing partner, and I decided that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and leave the partnership. So uh, everybody tried to talk me out of it, and I was 28 years old, and I left the partnership. I took my savings, which was $500,000, which was good money in uh, uh, 1992, 1993, and I said, I'm going to start my own business, and I started a business that was unrelated to the business that I was in. I started a holding company by the name of Mutual Capital Alliance, which still exists, by the way, 22 years later, but I remember that I took my $500,000, I signed the lease, I hired some employees, and 14 months in, all my money was gone, and I was $180,000 in debt, and I had no income. Yet, I walked away from a situation where my partnership income that year would have been between a million and two million. So my opportunity cost was extreme. But what I realized at that point when my partners were laughing at me, my former partners, was an entrepreneur has to have no regrets. And I saw myself diving off a cliff and basically saying, I'm an entrepreneur now. And so it was really, really bad. There was times where I questioned, did I make the right move? But I would always go back to, I I, I jumped off a cliff. But honestly, it really didn't rectify itself uh, from a financial perspective until about 15 years later when it really made sense financially. Would I trade those 15 years? Not in a million years. Because during those 15 years from when I started the business to when it really made financial sense, I learned a ton, mostly from all the other mistakes I made. But the biggest one was not being financially prepared to start a new business and being completely out of money and going into debt. That was tough. Rick, the biggest takeaway for me there by far, and I think Fire Nation really needs to make sure that you're absorbing this, is that an entrepreneur has no regrets. I mean, we as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, we need to be forward-looking and forward-thinking because we're going to make mistakes along the way. And if we let that be an anchor, so to speak, like a sail that's holding us back, we're not going to make the type of progress that we want. And love that story for all those reasons, Rick. I mean, here you are 22 years later, still rocking and rolling with Mutual Capital Alliance. I mean, that's a phenomenal success story, even though it started off with you going from $500,000 in savings to $180,000 in debt in just 14 months. That's my biggest takeaway, Rick, is that an entrepreneur has no regrets. I mean, you said it right at the top, but what would you want Fire Nation to really absorb from that overall experience that you had? Very simple. 
I sit down to dinner with my kids and I ask them, what did you fail at today? And I learned that from Sarah Blakey, I think is her name, who started uh, Spanx. Yeah. And I think people need to practice and flex and use the failure muscle. Because to me, an entrepreneur is someone who shrugs off failure and they just keep moving forward. You're saying it, I'm saying it, but I think people do not give that enough time. I talk to my kids daily about failure. What did you try and fail at today? And interestingly, I was at a big dinner recently and I posed a question to the group because I hate dinner parties where we just talk about the food and (laughs) nonsense. I said, I want everybody's attention. We're going to go around the table. I want to know something that you wanted really bad. You tried and you failed miserably at it. And it was ironic. Nobody had any good answers. And it got to me. I said, are you kidding me? I failed at everything I've ever tried. I failed at raising money. I failed at 17 businesses, to be exact. I failed at every product I tried to sell. I failed at getting a book published seven times. I failed at a lot of things. I once sang in a concert and was hooked off the stage. (laughs) And that's true. But the truth is, if we're not pushing as much as we can, how do we know what our limits are? So I believe we need to teach our employees and our kids that failure is a really good thing. So that that's the lesson from it. Yeah, and all I'm going to do is just put an exclamation point at the end of that sentence. Incredibly well put, Rick. Now let's do a shift. You've had a lot of ideas, of aha moments, of epiphanies throughout your journey as an entrepreneur, but... Which one makes a great story? Which one do you want to share with Fire Nation right now in that story format that really is going to take us there and unpack what it looks like to have one of these ideas and even more importantly, the steps that need to be taken to turn those ideas into success? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you a story. You asked me to prepare one. So this is not exactly along the lines of what you want, but this is a great story. Okay. Um, After my dad died, so now I'm 13, almost 14, I'm 13 and a half years old, and I was an incredibly mature 13-year-old because, as I said, my mother was never mentally stable, but it got really bad after my dad died. But I remember we were at a church service for my dad, and a lot of people showed up. He had been dead about a week, and they they were going to do a service for him. And the priest was talking about my dad, and he said these words that are completely imprinted in my brain. He said, I'm going to talk to the whole congregation, and I've told this story a number of times. My hope is that only, uh, my hope is that at least one of you hears this story and does something about it. And I felt this force go through me, and it's kind of like when you say fire nation, I love it, but I felt this (laughs) force go through me where I said, he's talking to me. And so he said, here's the deal. You can go through life and you could be either the horse or the rider of the horse. But whichever one of those two things you choose, life will become the other thing. Let me explain. If you choose to become the horse and life becomes the rider, life will ride you wherever it wants you to go. And that's pretty cool. He said, or... You can choose to become the rider, and you could ride life, which is the horse, and you could take it wherever you want it to go. And I remember saying to myself, I am getting on that horse. (laughs) I am taking my life. And you have to understand that I lived in a very poor community, five miles outside of New York City. It was an Italian-American community. We had nothing. And a lot of my friends still live there. But I got on the horse, and I was two months shy of 14 years old, and I have never looked back. 
Becoming the rider of that horse, Rick. I mean, that's that was a conscious de- decision that you made. You became the rider of your life. And Fire Nation, what I really love that you can take away from this is this can be you. You, if you're not currently the rider of your horse, if you're not currently in control of your life, just like Rick did, you can make that decision to do the same thing. And, and that's a really exciting moment to have. And that revelation, Rick, that you had, thanks for sharing that. Because I mean, that is exactly the type of mindset shifts that can really make or break an entrepreneurial journey. And Rick, I'm really fascinated with what you've accomplished over your life. And you know, there's just a lot of insights into your mind that I would like to garner and, and share with Fire Nation. One of those being, ideally, what are the first 60 minutes of your day look like? I have got to get up early in the morning. It drives my, my wife nuts because we have young kids, but I get up early. I go to the gym. When I start a day by working out, I feel great. And what I've done is, uh, for efficiency's sake, I do a workout, which is 30 sets in 30 minutes. I've been doing it for about seven years now, and I do that four or five times a week. Once I'm done with that, I take a shower, I go to the office, I'm usually the first one here, and I just look at my rhythms for the day. And what does that mean? It means I rhythmicize everything. And it sounds like you do too, just how you prepared for this meeting. <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of efficiency to my time. We have an ownership stake in over 35 businesses right now. And what I like to do is set up 30-minute calls either weekly or monthly with the people that run those businesses. So I rhythmicize everything. And it even extends into my uh, personal life. So I look at all those rhythms. And I just envision my day. And I try to predict how that day is going to unfold. And I'm really a boring guy. I think you probably are too. I don't know a lot about you. I'm pretty boring, Rick. (laughs) if, If I sat next to you, though, you probably go from meeting to meeting to meeting to meeting. And I once had a guy uh, call me up. He says, I want to follow you around for a day and I'll pay you $10,000. I said, you won't learn anything. He said, well, I want to see how you negotiate. I want to see how you put out fires. And I say, my life is extremely scheduled. If I have to put a fire out, that's a serious problem and I'll delegate it to somebody else. So uh, working out first, getting to the office and imagining my day, looking at my rhythmic, rhythmic calendar and making sure that my day unfolds the way I want it to unfold. That's, that's an ideal day. And you ask, what's I, an ideal day? That's it. Right. Rick, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? I love new ideas. And as a company that makes investments, we get a ton of ideas thrown at us. So my biggest weakness is not saying no fast enough to new ideas. So I'll let that idea come into my room. I actually wrote a book about this called Who's in Your Room, which is basically a book about how who and what gets into your life should completely align with your values and all problems, all problems, every problem you've ever had, John, and every problem any listener ever had, every problem started when you let a project or a person into your life that didn't align with your values. So for me, the biggest weakness is letting things too far into the room of my life. What's your biggest strength? I simplify everything. My number one value is simplicity. It's more important than any other value, including my family. And my wife likes to tease me about that. But (laughs) if I didn't have simplicity as a value, I wouldn't be able to have dinner with my family six nights a week. I wouldn't be able to go out to date night with my wife 
every single Monday for 10 years in a row. And I absolutely love simplicity. And when I'm presented with anything, including the opportunity to do this show with you, my first question to myself is, is this going to be simple? And it was very simple how you put everything together. So uh, absolute strength is I get involved in some complex business deals and I'm referred to as the simplicity guy. Well, Rick, thank you for the kind words. I'm all about the acronym KISS. Keep it super simple. And there's a lot of different ways to go about that acronym, but uh, that's one that makes sense. And what's a habit, Rick, that you wish you had? You know, I work out a lot, as I told you. It takes up a lot of time. And a habit I wish I had was disciplined eating. So I wouldn't have to to (laughs) work out so much. Uh, but really, that's the only, when I look at my life, like what's the biggest problem is I eat too much and then I have to work out and, you know, I wish I could overcome that. No, I hear you. And it's been a struggle that I've had definitely for my whole life. I did not grow up with great mentors in the food and fitness areas. But I will say this is that I've been able to really have a mindset shift recently for myself with a recent hire of a fitness mentor who said, John, of your health and fitness is what goes in your mouth. He's like 5% fitness, 95% food in your mouth. And this is, this is just a ripped, just unbelievably in shape guy. And it was really inspiring to me to say, man, like if there's going to be something I'm going to focus on, it's going to have to be what goes in my mouth because I just can't keep cranking up the fitness side of it. Till, till, you know, no ends. I need to focus on that. So it's not never easy, but, you know, just some food for thought for you, Rick, and obviously for Fire Nation. Go ahead. Well, who is that? I need to know. I'm well, ready. I got my pen out. Let's go. Sean Stevenson. And what's even better about this recommendation is he has an incredible podcast called The Model Health Show. And he talks about this stuff on every episode. He is just a wealth of knowledge in this stuff. And every one of his podcast episodes is a master class in a different area, whether it be hydration, food, sleep, whatever that might be. It's a master class. So I'll even shoot you the information afterwards as well. Awesome. Rick, we got some more things to talk about, my friend. So I'm not going to let you go quite yet, but we're about to enter the lightning round. But first, we're going to thank our sponsors. Tired of handing out the same old snoozy business cards everywhere you go? I get it. It's tough to stand out from the crowd when you're at an event or conference with hundreds, even thousands of other people. Moo to the rescue. Moo.com offers you a platform to create a business card that's truly unique. They've got a variety of styles and design templates to ensure your card will stand out from the rest, including everything from mini cards to triple thick luxe cards. I can hear their voices now. Wow, what a unique card. But more importantly, that unique card is giving you the opportunity to have a lasting impression. Want to take it to the next level? Moo also offers you the ability to put an image or text on every card with printfinity. What? Now that's epic. Ready to stand out with rich, thick, lovely business cards? See and feel the difference with Moo. Visit Moo.com to create a business card that's as unique as you are today. That's M-O-O dot com. Fire Nation, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all the top job sites, and now you can. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 50-plus job sites, including social networks like Facebook and Twitter, 
all with a single click. Find candidates in any industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. And with ZipRecruiter's premium traffic boost, you can get up to three times more candidates. Quickly screen applicants, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 200,000 businesses. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free and get 30% off your first traffic boost by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Rick, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. Let's go. What is the one thing that has you most fired up right now? About 10 years ago, I went uh, into a log cabin in Colorado with a coach, and I said, I'm not leaving this log cabin until I have my purpose. And I knew what my purpose was, but it wasn't articulated perfectly. And ever since that point, my purpose in my life is to inspire entrepreneurship. And two years ago, that led to the foundation of a charity called A Billion Entrepreneurs. And we envision a 25-year goal to have an entrepreneur in every home on the planet. We started a charity called The Billion Entrepreneurs. We filmed a movie. It's going to be released in six months. And the, the tagline is, imagine an entrepreneur in every home. So that's got me fired up. That's got me fired up. A <laughs> billion entrepreneurs, Fire Nation. Where can we kind of uh, keep up on that, Rick? A billionentrepreneurs.org. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I see this all the time with people, and I had it too. When I had success on Wall Street, I was making a lot of money. I was living the life, and I couldn't quit my job because I was too, quote, unquote, successful. Anybody that's stuck in a job for whatever reason, don't let that hold you back. And I'm living proof. And 22 years later, it was the best decision I ever made to hell with my former partners. Ugh, those golden handcuffs, Fire Nation. Get them off. What's the best advice, Rick, you've ever received? Advice that very few people take. Follow your values, not opportunities. So often people choose opportunities. I can make money. I can do this. I can do that. Yeah, I know he's not a good guy or she's not a good girl. (laughs) But, you know, their parents have money, so I'll marry them. Who you associate with, who you marry, who you partner with, who you live with, who you hire – Those decisions magnify over time. So I believe in the value of compounding decisions that align with your values. So the best advice is be extremely careful who and what you let into your life. And that was taught to me. What's a personal habit, Rick, that you do have that you believe contributes to your success? 80% of my week, 80% of the time that I'm awake is calendarized and rhythmicized. And I know it sounds, yeah, 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 yeah. People say, yeah, yeah. But when you look at my calendar, I know when I'm calling my wife. I know when I'm going on date night with my wife. I know when I'm working out. I know when I have lunch appointments. And I don't have to think. So even if it's a situation where, for example, someone said, well, how do you rhythmize selling a piece of real estate? I'm selling a piece of real estate right now. And I focus on it from one to two every Friday afternoon. So you could even rhythmize something that's a one-off thing. And that's what I do. I think there's no other way to get a lot of things done unless it fits into a bucket on your calendar. 
No, I agree. I mean, and you're absolutely speaking the truth of the life that you lead, Rick, because I'll tell you, like Fire Nation, I got done with my last interview. You know, I do a quick like check to see if somebody, if my next guest has accepted their Skype request. And I'm like, oh, Rick hasn't accepted his Skype request yet. So I send you a quick uh, email. I'm just like, hey, just want to let you know I sent you another Skype request. And like you were right back on it. But you know, you were prepared for the interview at 4 p.m. your time. That's when it was scheduled. And that's when I was planning on it too, of course, but you know, that was just an example of you are so counter as you're going to open it up at 4 PM and boom, be ready to go. So very impressive stuff. And Rick, do you have an internet resource like Evernote or something along those lines that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, it's going to be simple, but my wife and I use Amazon for everything. Why stop at CVS for toothpaste when you could point and click? And I was thinking about that. I could give you the Ever- Evernote and all that, but honestly, I don't use a lot of websites because it's too hard to manage it all. Do we really need 2 million uh, apps on our iPhones and all that? <laughs> so I use the very simple basic ones, Amazon, uh, Expedia, Skype, Google Hangout. But I would say Amazon for everything. Amazon for everything. Kate would be laughing right now if she could hear you because I often order toothpaste. And she's like... I could have just gone to the store. I'm like, why would you ever get in the elevator, go down to our garage, get into a car, drive to a store, park, walk, you know, you get it. And I'm just, I am so Amazoned up. Plus, I get affiliate commission on whenever I buy. <laughs> well, I, we had a bunch of books lined up in the office. It took, and I kept saying to one of my employees, would you put the books up? Went online. Next day, a bookshelf was delivered. Books were on a bookshelf from Amazon. Awesome. <laughs> so, Rick, you wrote a great book, Who's in Your Room, which we're going to have linked up on our show notes page. And if you could recommend another book for our listeners, what would it be and why? When Dan Sullivan, I took three years of his program, talks about the four rules of referability, which I'm sure you know, but yeah. uh, you know, show up on time, say please and thank you, finish what you start and do everything you say you're going to do. What's underneath that is a phenomenal book. It's a big one, but it was written by Stephen M. R. Covey called The Speed of Trust. When you are trustworthy from minute one, like I know you are just by how you handled this interview and how you handled your website and your stuff, that makes me trust you instantly. When people screw up because they're making, you know, taking shortcuts or, you know, they're not doing all the things necessary to build that trust, it slows relationship building down. Trust, trust can be instantaneous, and that's what the whole book is about. It's called The Speed of Trust, How You Can Accelerate Your Business Growth and Success Quickly. I love it. The Speed of Trust. Awesome. Rick, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge that you currently have. Your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I wouldn't care about the laptop. I would care about the 500 bucks. I would go up to as many people as possible and say, who are the influencers? Who are the most successful people in this place? And I would get a list of names and I would cross pollinate between the names that were referenced the most. 
I would then get a hold of those people and take them to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And after I had the first meeting, I would then use what I learned from that meeting to recommend and bring value to my second meeting. And my third meeting, I would take value from the first two, and I would begin cross-pollinating and creating value for people. That's what I would do first. I do that now. Um, I believe you do that by the way you cross-pollinated Sean Stevenson's name. Mm -hmm. I think when you create value for people, then after you create enough value, then you could figure out, well, what's my purpose? How do I imprint my purpose onto this community? Then I would go back to the people that I created value for and do some type of trade. Wow. I mean, Fire Nation, I love how it always goes back to the building of real relationships and of exchanging real value. And Rick, I'd love to end today how we started, which was on a fire, with you sharing one parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. All right. The best way you could connect with me is... I have decided to take everything I learned in business and I created something called the Dallas Business Mastery Intensive Bootcamp. And it's www.dallasbmi.com and there's a contact us page. You can contact me, send an email there and would love to have you go there. Uh, There's a special code I set up just for your listeners. You want to hear it now? Yeah, right now. So it's BFS. 100. B like boy, F like Frank, S like Sam, and then 100. That's a special code to get you $100 off if you want to come. And basically, this is my seventh time doing it. We have a ballroom full of people, and I teach them how to be successful in life and in business. It stands for Dallas Business Mastery Intensive, so DallasBMI.com. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you have been hanging out with Rick and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Rick in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with all the information that we just shared. His book, his book recommendation, resource recommendation. Then of course, Dallas bmi.com with the promo code BFS Bravo Foxtrot Sierra 100 will get you a hundred dollars off to that event that looks like it's taken place in September of 2015 in Dallas. Yep, very cool. So, dallasbmi.com BFS 100 and definitely check out a billion entrepreneurs.org. Something that I'm definitely fascinated about. I mean, imagine that having a million or sorry, having one entrepreneur in every single home. I mean, awesome stuff. And Rick, I want to thank you personally for sharing your journey on Entrepreneur on Fire and with Fire Nation today. And for that, my friends, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Awesome. Thanks, John. It was fun. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Is it time to create and launch your podcast? 15 video tutorials with yours truly await at freepodcastcourse.com. See you there.